Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to my podcast, 24's Podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Uh, wanted to cast this podcast yesterday, but I fell asleep watching the first season of Castlevania. It only had four episodes in it, and I fell asleep because I was very, very tired. Not because it was boring, but I, I found it actually kind of interesting. Uh, got some stuff today. Actually, hold on. I'm so tired already. I forgot to uh, to not. I, I forgot. Not even forgot, but I played the wrong intro music. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, still hold on. I got an ad for the song that I want to play. Boom, here we go. Bang. Yeah. There you go. Hey. Yeah. Let's try it again. Hey. Yeah. Voice. just happened where I had to like type in two songs to try and get my intro back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Uh, great podcast for you today. We're finally going to get back into the ta- the Dallas Cowboys stuff. I finally have something good and positive to talk about with the Dallas Cowboys and things of that nature. It will also be very negative because I'm throwing Jason Garrett under the bus once again, but what else is new? On top of that, got the uh, the last night's game going on in the background. Giannis versus LeBron James. LeBron James. Uh, Milwaukee versus LA. Also, I'm going to talk about the Clippers versus the Lakers on Sunday. Some XFL stuff and some other football stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Right here. On 24's podcast. Sorry about that. I am, uh, I'm very, very tired. I think I got like two, two hours of sleep last night. Why did I get two hours of sleep last night? Because I, 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 I again fell asleep watching Castlevania. I was actually going to cast this podcast yesterday. It's now Saturday. I was going to cast it on Friday. I was going to cast it Friday night. Uh, I was going to wait until 1030 at night, but I mean, I got, I got so comfortable. You know how, when you get comfortable, when you're, you know, trying to go to sleep, I had, I was wrapped up in this big, gigantic comforter, 
you know, it was cool, but it was padded and it was thick, so it got it kept me warm. I was so comfortable. I was laying down in bed. I was watching Castlevania. I had gotten a lot of my work done. I was I was so excited to cast the podcast and finish off the day, and then I fell asleep. So we are back on a Monday, not a oh my god, on a Saturday morning, six a.m. I have not been awake. This early in a couple of months, I'm not going to lie to you, I've been just grinding it out, grinding away on the podcast and on some other stuff, so it's weird to see the sun come up, it's beautiful, but you're probably thinking to yourself, 24, why are you opening with all of this weird stuff that's going on in your life? I'm like, because I'm tired and I don't know what to talk about, even though I have a full list of topics to, ironically enough, talk about! Ugh. Just thought that I would share some the, the you know the small things in life, like being sleep deprived and up at six o'clock in the morning. That's neither here nor there. Anyways, uh, I got some free agency stuff going on today. Then we'll talk about uh, some Dallas Cowboy crap that's going on uh, here in a couple of minutes. First and foremost, Trent Williams, the left tackle of the Washington team, is uh, reportedly. Seeking out a trade from Washington. Now, what a surprise. Washington yet again botches a, a a contract signing of one of their best football players. It's like, yeah, sure. Why not have Dwayne Haskins get pass protection by somebody who isn't even on the roster currently, who you don't even know? So now Washington, it's like, well, damn it. Do we take a left tackle at number two instead of Chase Young, or do we take Chase Young? Probably ch- take Chase Young. But now it's like, well, you know what? We're in a division where you have uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Dak Prescott, a top 10 caliber, a borderline elite level talent in Carson Wentz, even though I am not one of the people that think he is, uh, even though everybody else thinks he is. And this guy, Daniel Jones, who surprisingly enough, I'm not going to lie to you, is a lot better than than I would have thought. And then on top of that, every single team besides the Giants has a pass rusher. Uh, Dallas, they have a pass rusher, obviously, and Demarcus Lawrence, and I mean, Brandon Graham, and Fletcher Cox, and all those guys on the Phillies, on the Philadelphia Eagles, like, they're all, they're all really, really great pass rushers as well, and it's like, I just, if you're gonna put him out on an island, make sure he has a life preserver, like, come on, make sure he has some food, some, some water, something to get his ass either off the island, or for him to survive, it's like, you know, like some of these teams, they're 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 sucking so badly. I mean, prostitutes are <laughs> like I don't even know what I would have said. I'm like prostitutes were like very very tired. Anyways, Trent Williams seeking a trade. Yeah, that's a great idea. Great job, uh, Washington, letting your all star. Tight, not tight in left tackle, go out on the free agent market and let him just go and win a couple of games for another team, be a great player for another team, be a contributor for another team, while you guys still suck. You know, I, I, start to, I started to say when Washington got Ron Rivera and they got the second round draft pick and they still had Ryan Kerrigan, I was like, man, Washington, Washington is going to be a great team next year. By the way, if you don't know Ryan Kerrigan, Probably one of the most underrated pass rushers in the league. Even when he has an off season where I think he had like five or 
three sacks or something like that. He he didn't have a lot of sacks this year, but even when he has like an off season, his off season is still better than Demarcus Lawrence's off seasons. Like yeah, he had five point five sacks. What? Oh my god, he's so terrible. He had twenty nine total tackles. He had nine assists. On a great year, on a good year, he has 13 sacks. So, there you go. And you pair him up with one of the best pass rushers in the last couple of drafts because apparently, I don't know what the hell comes out. I don't know what's wrong with Ohio State, or maybe not what's wrong, but what's right with Ohio State because every single year they have, like, some pass rusher, elite pass rusher to come out of there. They had Nick Bosa last year. They're going to have Chase Young this year. They had Joey Bosa two years ago. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. You're pairing, you're pairing Mark Ingram with, with Joey. You're pairing the 49ers defensive line with Nick. You're pairing Chase Young with Ryan Kerrigan. It's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I do not want to face off against Washington this year, and we have to play them twice. Technically, I do, because they're still a bad team. But, you know, I mean, now they have a better coach. Now they have a better pass rusher. Now, I mean, they, they, got, some, they got some guys, is my point. But also, at the same time, do they? Darius Geis is always hurt. Dwayne Haskins is a little bit unproven. We'll see. We'll see about Dwayne and the other guys in Washington and things of that nature. Anyways. The team that is apparently shopping for Trent Williams is the New York Jets. Because they they need a tackle. They need an offensive line. They need offensive line men as a whole. So do I think it's a good fit for him to go to the Jets? Uh, no, because the Jets, they stink too. It's like, you know, he, but he, does, he doesn't get the ability to, to negotiate. He is under contract right now, and he needs a new contract because I think his contract is up next year. Right, let, me, let me look up Trent Williams and his contract. By the way, hold on, let me mute my phone because every single time I podcast, sometimes, maybe not every single time, but sometimes I podcast and I'm like, I completely forget to mute my freaking phone and I get alerts and I was about to get one. Uh, he is signed, he, he is a free agent next year. So he was looking for a contract this year, even though he, I think he had like two years left on his contract. But now he's gonna he, he's he's looking for a trade. There, Washington is going to move off of him. Um, he 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 was injured before the season started, and he was like, "I'm not playing until I get a contract." Then they then he was like, "Fine, I'll come in." And then he started for maybe one or two games, and then he was like, "All right, fine, I'm not uh, like like I'm hurt." Apparently, Washington's doctor misdiagnosed that apparently he had brain tumors. I like I think so. Like apparently he had a brain tumor. I can't like maybe maybe I'm even getting that one wrong. Maybe it was a cancerous tumor. Like he had a tumor or he like how do you misdiagnose a tumor? I don't know. But that's essentially what happened. And that's why he's leaving Washington because they stink and uh because their doctors stink. So he could get signed. I don't know. There's a lot of teams that need a left tackle. But it's like, what exactly is Washington asking? Because he is injury prone. He hasn't played like a full season, I think, in like two to three years. Let me check out his numbers. Let me check out his stats. Because I'm like, 
I'm almost 100% sure that he he hasn't played in a lot of games uh, in the past couple of years. Played 13 last year. I mean, technically he didn't play in any. I, I don't see any right now. He played 13 in 2018, 10 in 2017, 12 in 2016. When was the last 16 game? He had 16 games. He played a full season in 2013, but ever since then... His his games have kind of fallen off from 16 to 15, 14, 12, 10, 13. And then none, apparently, in 2019. I can't... Like, I don't know why he didn't play. I Like, they don't have his numbers. By they, I mean pro football focus. Yeah, they... And not pro football... Not PFF, uh, but pro football reference. And then the NFL's actual website doesn't have him at all. When it comes to his career stats, it, it, like the, he he doesn't have anything for uh, for the 2019 season. Let me go to two, yeah, like they don't have anything, so he didn't play. Apparently, I thought he did play. Guess he didn't. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have anything. Weirdly enough, ESPN doesn't have his 2018 season. So some of these some of these sites are wrong. But ESPN doesn't have his 2018 season. Let me try and go to sportsreference.com. Same same page. or It's it's a different version of pro football reference. Yeah, they don't have any of his numbers. So I'm guessing he didn't play in 2019. So point being, he's injury prone. But Washington is probably asking for a first... Uh, teams aren't going to give them a first because of that reason. It's like, well, we don't even know how good he is because he's played in the league for 10 years and he's injury prone. How old is he? So I can understand him just a little bit more. He must be in his, he must be getting, yeah, I'm like, I was about to say he must be getting close to like his mid thirties. He's not in his mid thirties. He's in his early thirties. He's 31. So he's been playing football in the professional scene since 2010. So that's that's a pretty long-ass time. Showing all the guys that are at the Lakers game right now. Jay-Z. Uh, maybe Beyonce is there. I see a purse right next to him. Michael B. Jordan. Andy Garcia. Dwayne Wade. He's there as well. They're all there at the Lakers versus uh, Giannis. And- uh, versus, I don't know what their name is. How is that? How is that an offensive foul on LeBron James? How is him taking a three an offensive foul on him? That doesn't make any sense. He's pleading his case right now. He probably will not get it. Let me see that. Bang. He ran into him. I mean, if anything, that's just a moving screen on Anthony Davis. Like, I don't I don't understand how that's an offensive foul on LeBron James. Push it. Push it. Weird ball movement, but they find Danny Green for a wide open three. He passes it to LeBron. LeBron dunks on Brooke or Robin Lopez. I think that is Brooke Lopez because he he cuts his hair. Mm, mm, mm. Good game going on so far. Okay, so Trent Williams, uh, good Great offensive line. I think he's one of the best left tackles in the league. Great offensive lineman for Washington. What are they going to do at the offensive line? I don't know. 
They got issues. The Jets got issues. It's like he's 31, man, and there's so many better left tackle. Like Washington p- picked a shitty year to not pay their their star left tackle because now uh, they're stuck with him. Because it's like every single team is going to be like, I'll take my chances in the draft. That's essentially what a lot of the guys are going to start saying. They're like, oh, we don't really want to pay a 31-year-old in the next couple of years. We really don't want to have, like, I wouldn't even give you a third. Maybe a fifth. Maybe. Because I'm taking on his contract, too. I'm like, I don't. Washington is just being Washington. This draft is loaded up with left tackles. And it's like, they're like, you know what? Let's just not sign or get rid of our left tackle uh, before the trade line even though there's a bunch of left tackles that could have been tra- uh, taken in the draft. That's a great decision. So now the Jets, they probably don't want to spend their first-round draft pick on a uh, on a left tackle. They probably want to spend it on a wide receiver, a.k.a. C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs III or go down the laundry list of guys that are going to be available for the Jets to pick up at that position. Uh, they they don't want to they, they get a wide out. A lot of teams want to get a wide out. Will they get a wide out? Probably not. They're stuck. They got to get a left tackle. Moving on. Interestingly enough, while I was sleeping, contract just got done. Contract just got done. Almost 12, over 12 hours ago. 12, 14 hours ago. Contract just got done. It was for Austin Eckler of the L.A. Chargers. One of the best wide receiving, not wide receiving, but receiving running backs in the league. 132 attempts, 557 yards. He's averaging 4.2 yards per carry and had three touchdowns on the season. That's kind of meh. Really, it is. Then you look at his receptions. 92 receptions, 993 yards, 10.8 yards per catch, 8 touchdowns. That'll work. I'm like, that'll that'll work. I can take that to the bank all day long. Take it to the bank. Want to guess how much money he got paid? They stole him. They got him for four years, $24.5 million, $15 million guaranteed. Let me let me set the record straight just in case if you're a little bit fuzzy on that. He is getting paid $24.5 million over the course of four years, not annually. So that equates to about six, maybe six and... 6.36, maybe not 6.3, but 6 point something million dollars annually. They stole them. One of the best wide receiving, oh my God, one of the best receiving running backs in the league. Melvin Gordon is officially the odd man out in LA. And to be honest with you, he was holding out kind of like Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I, I was kind of just constantly checking his numbers. I think a couple of weeks ago, I looked at his numbers and I was like, man, his numbers suck. 
Like I like he is very very injury prone. His numbers and by his numbers suck, I mean his numbers suck. Like he he only has had one season where he has averaged more than 5.1 yards a carry. He has 1000 yard season and that's about it. Every single year he is averaging under under 4 yards a carry. That's not very good for the running back position for the money that he's trying to get. That's not very good and his contract is up this year in Los Angeles. Going all the way back to 2015, 3.5, 3.9, 3.9, 5.1 and then 3.8 this season. Again, one 1,000-yard season. And now, you have this Austin Eckler situation. You have Austin Eckler in his three years in the league, 2017, 18, 19. 5.5, 5.2, 4.2. But then you look at his receptions and you look at his production... It's just gone up from 279 yards to 403 to 993, eight touchdowns. You will take that to the bank every single day. And now what the Chargers are doing is, you know what? We really, really like Austin Eckler. We can get rid of, for example, Melvin Gordon. We can just be like, you know what? Just sign with another team. We'll get a guy, if not in free agency, in the draft. These freaking bucks are flopping like some dolph- like some beach dolphins, man. Like, they're just flopping all over the place. I can't believe what I'm watching. I'm like, you guys are flopping. It's flopping, 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 man. Jesus Christ. Anyways. The Chargers. I think they're done with Melvin Gordon. I think they're either going to shop him if he's under contract. I don't know his... Let, let me look up Melvin Gordon his status so far he may either be shopped or he just may be released but he's done he is 1000% done I would be surprised if they sign him to any big contract or any contract in general Um, I would be really really surprised if he got more than I wouldn't pay him more than 3 million annually he just he's hurt and he just doesn't have that production. He's like, like he has one good year. He has a lot of touchdowns, though. He has a lot of touchdowns. He has 10, 8, 10, and 8. That's a lot of touchdowns. But he doesn't have the yards. He doesn't have the, he, he doesn't have the, um, the yards per attempt. He just, he just doesn't have that production that you want. Again, not a thousand yard running back. Hasn't been one since 2017, and that was his only year. He's been in the league for five years. You got to at least have three or four. And if you're injury prone, that's it. That's like, if you're injury prone as a running back, that's the biggest red flag that you can have. It's like you play the most physical position in all of football, besides maybe offensive and defensive line. You're going to collide with somebody 1,000%. And if you're injury prone, I wish I might. So he, he's not getting the money. He's he he will not get the money that he wants. Um, he's gonna have to settle. He's probably gonna he's 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 gonna he's gonna have to settle. It sucks. 
He had one great season back in 2017, but I mean, let me pull up Zeke's numbers because he was looking. Because essentially, I remember when um when he was when he was trying to go through contract negotiations, he was like, nobody talked to me, nobody was talking to me, and and uh, and stuff like that. But um, you know, everybody was talking about Zeke and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, because Zeke is one of the best, if not the best, running backs in the league. Since Ezekiel Elliott has come into the league, he has had 1,600, uh, 983, 1,400, and 1,300 yards, respectively. And the year that he didn't have 1,000 yards was the year that he was suspended from the league. And he won 1,000. He was 27 yards away from having a 1,000-yard season. He missed six games, by the way, which is like over a quarter of the season, almost a third, really. I mean, really, it's more than a third of the season. I mean, Melvin Gordon, man, he, he, he's got some issues. He's got some issues. Hopefully, he goes somewhere and plays a great, uh, uh, does a great job for some other team, but he, he, he's not getting any money. He's not he's not getting Zeke Elliott money. He's not getting Zeke Elliott. Zeke in four year four years has over a thousand more yards than Melvin Gordon and four more touchdowns. So unfortunately Melvin Gordon is not gonna get paid the money that he wants. He may even have to be a backup on a team. I wouldn't mind him being the backup on the Chargers, but Injury prone, not very productive, questionable, very, very questionable. Chargers have a good offensive line, too. Got a good offensive line for uh, a portion of the years that he's been there, but each man, issues, 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 issues for him. Uh, not so much, not so many issues for the Chargers themselves. And um, I'll take a quick little bathroom break. I know this is very, very quick, but I'll take a quick bathroom break. Then I'll come back and I'll talk about uh, the Chargers and the Raiders because I had some thoughts about these two teams. Uh, Technically, it was yesterday, but it was late last night I was thinking about it. And I'll I'll talk about some things with those two teams in a couple of minutes. Uh, Hold on. I'll be back. Hold on. Let me play some music. I I don't want it to have just like, just to be like, quiet with the mic muted hold on hold on cool 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 all right i got something pulled up after i watch like a 15 second ad oh my gosh um the uh what i'll while i have some time what I'll be talking about once I come back from the bathroom break is essentially the Chargers and the the uh, the Raiders' moves to the uh, to their respective new facilities. To, for example, uh, with the Raiders uh, to Las Vegas and with the Chargers to um, Los Angeles. Sorry, I'm a little bit tired, but ladies and gentlemen, I'll be talking about that. I'll be talking about that in a couple of minutes. When I come back on 24's podcast.
After a very, very short break, I am once again back Whew. to kind of finish that thought that I had before I took a piss. All right. So, before I left, started to talk about something that kind of interested me. The LA Chargers and the Oakland Raiders moving from their from their old cities to their new cities because everybody has been saying to me, well, they're moving, you got to move for some like arbitrary reason or whatever. They're like, we got to move. We got to move. You know, we got to move. The fans aren't showing up even though the stadiums that we're playing in are shit, even though that the teams are terrible and we don't want to spend any money on players and we have terrible GMs and we have terrible coaches. Yeah, it's the fans' fault. That's why we're moving because attendance is low in Oakland even though they've had like the most 13 3 and 13 seasons on uh on the on the millennium essentially. They have been as bad as the uh as the freaking Cleveland Browns. It's like, yeah, it's the fans' fault. It's not Al Davis, it's not the guys that he puts in uh it puts in power. No, it's not it's not it's not that he has had just I, I mean name name me a quarterback from the uh, from from the freaking Oakland Raiders in the past ten years, like besides Derek Carr and that black guy that everybody was like, Oh my god, you gotta get him. Like, Jesus Christ, man. All I want is for people to admit it. The owners to admit it. They're like, you know what? We fucked our fans so uh, so badly that now we're gonna screw them over even more by moving uh, moving out of the city. First, we put out a shitty product. Uh, then we blamed it on the fans by saying our 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 attendances are low. Our attendances is low. So now we gotta move out of the stadium. It's like, oh, all right, okay, all right, all right. It's like, how about this? How about make a better football team and people will watch it. Like, I don't know how many people were watching Golden State until Golden State was like, yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna start having guys shoot from half court and hit a bunch of threes and start jacking up threes and completely eliminating the center position from professional basketball. It's completely useless now. If you can't, if you can't pass and if you can't set screens, I mean, pretty much the center is now a, a, just a big block, a big wall, essentially. Like, all right. Awesome job by the uh, the NFL owner. So let's start with the Chargers because everybody. No, 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 I, I want to save the Raiders for later. I want to save the Raiders because the Raiders they're so easy to beat up on. You know, it's like it's like you know just throwing up throwing up a sweet roundhouse kick to somebody who's shorter than you and just having it just cleanly connect with their chin. That's what I do every single time when I talk about the Oakland Raiders, formerly the Oakland Raiders, currently the Las Vegas Raiders. How terrible of a name is that, the Las Vegas Raiders? Oh my God talking about the Chargers. The Chargers are making plays to get Tom Brady. It is obvious. They are getting... I, I think a lot of people are talking about a whole bunch of crap right now when it comes to Brady. Uh, to me, I thought that the Colts were probably in a bigger power play. It seems like he is more focused on uh, on location rather than, like, team because definitely, I mean, the, the Colts, they have the best team. Let's, I mean, they have the best defense, the best offense, the best uh, offensive line, uh, probably one of the best coaches for him, Anthony Lynn, as much as I like him. He is not an offensive head coach. He is very much on the defensive side of the football. 
So if you're telling me Tom Brady is now going to have to play for a defensive-minded head coach like he did in in New England, and now he's going to have to have less of an offensive line that he could have had in the Colts, and he's going to get Keenan Allen. I think he's going to get Mike Williams. Those are two great guys, and maybe the Chargers, they're like, let's get a third guy in the draft. I think Antonio Gates is retired, or he will retire very, very soon. Point is... He's going to an inferior team in the Chargers comparatively to the Colts. Now, interestingly enough, the Chargers are offensively superior than the Patriots. I think they are also superior in some ways than the Colts, than not the Colts, excuse me, than the Patriots. And sorry if I said the Colts uh, when it comes to the offense or the defense or the team. They, the, the Chargers are superior than the Patriots on offense and in defense, right? Because I think he's going to get an upgrade at offensive line and running back. I think he's going to get an offensive line, obviously, at wide receiver. I think he's going to get an upgrade overall offensively. But defensively, there's some guys. I think the pass rush is better. I think Casey Hayward is as good, if not slightly worse, than Stephon Gilmore. And I think they even have a really, really nice safety as well. So they got guys. They got players, in Los Angeles, but is that enough for people to sell tickets, for the team to sell tickets, everybody is saying, well, they gotta sell tickets, they gotta sell tickets, they gotta sell tickets, listen, Dallas does not need to sell tickets annually, Uh, the Patriots don't need to sell tickets annually, the Giants don't even, damn it, the Knicks don't even need to sell tickets annually, it's like, how do we sell tickets, what's the, what's the play, it's like, we're the damn Knicks, that's the play, so when people are like, when, you, when you're trying to figure out ways to sell tickets, it's already not looking very well. And when you're trying to tell me that Tom Brady's going to be one of those key reasons why you're going to be selling tickets, it's like, well, well, he's 40 years old. It's like, I love Tom Brady, but it's like, come on, guys. Like, like you, you don't want to sell me on a guy that's probably going to leave in the next two to three years and you guys potentially either not getting Justin Herbert, because I've, I've heard that as well, that people aren't going to get Justin Herbert, or... On top of you guys not getting Justin Herbert, you guys potentially aren't going to get, uh, you, you guys not aren't, but are going to get a left tackle at whatever position you're drafting at. Like The reality of the situation is, when it comes to some of these football teams, specifically with these teams that are moving and drafting and trying to sell tickets as teams, as people like to call it, uh, it like, like, if you build a better fucking team, the narratives don't matter. Like, the Spurs have some of the most boring basketball you'll ever see in your entire life. They have a, they have a rabid fan base. Rabid fan base. They haven't given us anything to cheer about recently, but rabid fan base. Why? Because they win. Or at least they used to. Now they're going to be out of the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. They absolutely dominated the late 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s. Are you bleeping kidding me? Maybe not the 2010s entirely, like late to early 2010s, mid-2010s, kind of. Nope, they started to fall off mid-2010s, and now here we are. They're not a playoff team. Point is, ladies and gentlemen, 
You sell tickets by getting by 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 being a good football team, not by having narratives. Because what's going to happen week one is people are going to show up and they're going to be like, "Yeah, that's awesome. This is great. Tom Brady, he's in the or or let's let's take out Tom Brady. Let's say they get some miraculous free agent guy or they get some weird player or whatever. Everybody's going to be like, "Oh my God, they got that guy. Remember, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's great, right?" So they get that guy. He starts playing for them. They stink. And nobody watches the football games anymore. Nobody goes to the games anymore. It's like, why would we go to a football game when we could go see a fight? Or go do anything else in Los Angeles? If you told me, hey, 24, what do you want to do in Los Angeles? I'm like, man, I want to go out surfing and getting some tacos and mojitos and some churros and some burritos. And I mean, all the O's that uh, and, and some freaking Latino uh, food. I'm going to get some barbecue. I'm going to be doing a whole lot more than freaking going out and watching a football game of a bad football team in that weird looking stadium. What does that stadium even look like? I can't tell you what it looks like. All I can tell you is that it looks terrible because I saw it and I was like, oh my God, that is terrible. That t- that stadium sucks. That stadium, that stadium is trash, bro. They're going to call it the SoFi Stadium. What the fuck is that? Oh, my God. It's an indoor. It looks like an indoor stadium with a glass ceiling. It's like the the Jumbotron is this big ring around the stadium that has go Chargers, go, go Chargers, go, go Chargers, go. It sucks. It's like, what? Why? Why is that a thing? Why not have an actual Jumbotron, like a real one that teams actually use? Is that what the stadium is going to look like? No. Oh, my God. Like, I'm watching all of these, like, mock drafts. Not mock drafts, but all of these, like, what are they called? Like, um, these architectural drafts and stuff like that of what the the stadium will look like once it's done and once it's completed. Oh, God. That's actually what it's going to look like. I thought it was a joke. I thought somebody made that up. That's actually what it's going to look like. It's going to look like a giant pill. Or like a giant A with like an O in it. It's like, why? Why, NFL? Why? I will say this. Actually, now that I look at it, it kind of looks cool. The actual like architecture of it, it does kind of look cool. But I hate how the final product is supposed to look. That's what I hate. I'm going to hate on that. I'm going to hate on that all day. That is where the Rams and the Chargers are going to be playing at as well. Interesting. I was about to say, is Dallas going to play there? No. That would be a great Sunday night football game, though. But also, I'm not going to lie to you. I love the LA Coliseum. Like, does anyone else not love the Coliseum and want, like, more teams to play there? Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I wouldn't have minded it if they had the LA Coliseum being the permanent residency of the Rams and the Chargers. They get the new stadium. I think the Rams they fit really really well with that new st- not with the new stadium but with the with um with the Coliseum and this new stadium could go to the Chargers but they're like well we got to share. We can't build multi-billion dollar stadiums every single year so we're just going to have uh both teams play in the same stadium like they're the LA Clippers and the LA Lakers. And neither one of <laughs> I'm like neither one of them are from LA except for the Rams and even then they they left so that's that's kind of debatable. Uh, 
But are they going to put butts in seats? Depends on how good the team is. I think that's what it. I think that's what it's going to come down to at the end of the day. Uh, people like to make narratives and stuff like that to try and sell products and sell you know stories and stuff like that. Especially in local news uh, and people that have to cover this team, they're like they're trying to pull anything out of their ass. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't see. I, like if they don't get Brady, man, not not just for like selling a narrative, selling a plot, but if they don't get Brady to actually have a good football team, they aren't going to be selling anything besides L's. They're going to be not even selling them. They're going to be they're going to be taking hard L's. Everybody's going to be selling them L's. Here you go. Here's a hard L. They play against Kansas City twice, twice. The Broncos stink. The Raiders they are debatably terrible the Broncos they I mean oh my goodness I I, I mentioned the Broncos twice because I, I'm like I, I, want, I want to forget about the Broncos and I did and I'm tired too point being uh Chargers you got some issues how is it that the, it's two teams in the AFC West that are getting two new stadiums next year Moving on to the Oakland Raiders and their obnoxious, terrible behind. The Oakland Raiders, they are moving to the um, the city of Las Vegas. Now, with the Chargers, you have maybe a chance, right? You have maybe a chance at like, okay, maybe you, you got something there going on with the Chargers, right? With Tom Brady, with some of the players there, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, wait a second. The Oakland Raiders, they're playing in that same division. They're playing up against the Chargers, who I think have a way better team than the Raiders. And then on top of that, you also got to check it out. You also got to recognize the Raiders. They're going, A, A, they're not as good as people think they are. And B, everybody keeps telling me that the Raiders are a national brand. But I'm like, they're only a national brand in certain cities. Like they're not a national brand, for example, in the Midwest. Like the Midwest does not does not necessarily they aren't filled with Raider fans, right? So they're not a national brand. Stop saying they're a national brand. They are not a national brand. Like if you told me the Oakland Raiders would move to New York, that they would move to LA, which by the way, way popular team. They are way more popular in LA than they are. In um in in Vegas, that's one thousand percent true, factual. So you move them and they play in either the new stadium or the Coliseum, and it's like, well, like what what's going on here? Like, why are you trying to move the char the the Raiders to Las Vegas? It's pretty obvious money. They want to sell out the stadium in the summertime for performances and stuff like that. Uh, they also want to try and get it for UFC fights and boxing fights and stuff like that. Could that be a possibility? Yes, and yes. Will it be a pos- Will it actually happen? Depends. Depends on the venue. They may like going with some of the guys, uh, some of the some of the arenas that they're already that they're already having uh, events in. Like no, like like who wants to box in a in a freaking football stadium? Like everybody wants to box an MGM Grand, you know. Like I, 
I, I don't see it. And then it's like Dana White even said it. He's like, like if we want to have a big event at a football stadium, it's probably going to be in Dallas. I'm paraphrasing him, and I'm kind of putting words in his mouth, but you know, he, pretty much what he said was that there's a lot of arenas, right, that we can that we can utilize because he was asked that exact question a couple of weeks ago during the Connor versus the uh, Cowboy fight that was in Vegas. Somebody asked, like, like, what do you think? Like, do you think that that the Oakland Raiders stadium could be a potential spot for Khabib versus Connor? And he's like, well, what about the AT&T stadium in in uh, in Dallas? What about MSG in New York? Like he threw out and what about the MGM Grand? Like there's a lot of locations for these fights and that's exactly my point. It's like, even though they're moving to Las Vegas, and even though everybody thinks that they're just going to be this this gangbuster, like, the NFL, you're in a completely different town, friend, and they don't deal in gambling. They just started to deal in gambling. You guys have 100 years in stealing money from the government and not paying your taxes, but you don't have any money in Vegas. You don't have any experience in Vegas. But then worse yet, you're talking about a fan base, right? Like, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, the Chargers, when they left San Diego, and I've I've never been to San Diego. I've never been to Oakland, admittedly, either. But I've, ne- I've never been to San Diego. I don't know any of the people there. I don't know what the people are like and things of that nature. But you don't, you don't hear about, like, it's not Florida, for example. It's not like where people are jack shit and crazy there, uh, as far as I know. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I don't know. Again, I, I've never been there. But San Diego, the fans of that team, the San Diego Chargers, when that team left and the NFL pretty much flicked them off, you know, the fan base of the Chargers pretty much flicked off the, the NFL. They were like, no, we will not watch, we will not commute literally an hour away, which isn't that far of a, of a commute, to Los Angeles. We won't do it. We won't drive from San Diego to Los Angeles. Is it an hour away, really? Because that's that's how that's how long it took Philip Rivers to get from San Diego to uh, to L.A. It's about two hours. It's an hour and forty six minutes. Point is. It's it's a it's a good drive. It's a good drive. It's one hour forty six minutes, a hundred and twenty something miles. So yeah, that's two hours. It's like they don't want to commute. They don't want to do it. They don't want to. They don't want to tailgate. They're done. It's like, bro, we live in fucking San Diego. We live closer to the coast than L.A. Let me kind of pull up some pictures of San Diego, man. Hold on. Yeah, like, come on, man. Like, I I know that, like, San Diego also has, like, a military base in it, but it's like, bro, like, you're tripping if you think we're going to, like, just, like, like, just submit, you know? We got surfboards. We got palm. We may not have Venice Beach and palm, uh, palm trees, bro, but we got we got some pretty cool shit out here in San Diego. You must be tripping. So they're like, fuck you. You can take your you can take your team to LA. We won't watch. That's exactly what they did. A bunch of surfers were like, man, we're not gonna watch football anymore. 
and abs in the in the freaking fan bases have absolutely turned the fan base turned on them on the NFL they were like we're not watching this sport anymore so now the NFL constantly struggles with getting fans into those seats they genuinely struggle with filling and by fans I mean fans of that football team that make it a home team the last thing the NFL wants to do is put the Chargers on Sunday night football that's the last thing that they want to do They've pretty much avoided it by putting them on Thursday night, I think. Thursday or Monday night football. So now the Clippers... Oh my god, I'm, I'm watching the basketball game a little bit too much. So now the Chargers, they're in a better... They're, they're in a terrible situation. And the Raiders, it's like... You, told, you tell me, right? Some people from Oakland. And I'm not from Oaktown. Not from Oakland. But those people in Oakland are tough. They're gritty. They are, uh, they, they don't give a fuck. You told me people from that city just got the middle finger from the NFL that they would not return that incline to the NFL. And, and, and again, I just don't get it. I don't get whenever people tell me, well, it's a, it's a global brand. It, it goes everywhere. It's like, yeah, but it's like it has to work in Oakland. Because the the best fans of that fan base are from fucking Oakland. The city puts its like puts its identity on the Raiders, and you want to move it out of Vegas. And on top of that, it's like, and I mentioned it in a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, what guarantee do you have that there isn't more ex fan base than the Oakland Raiders? And what I mean by Axe fan base, I mean, let's just say, for example, the Cowboys come to town, right, in Vegas. Is there or is there not going to be more Cowboy fans in, in Vegas than there are Oakland Raider fans? Are there more Patriot fans than Oakland Raider fans? What about Kansas City? Like, what happens if people are like, we love Kansas City more than we love Oakland? Like, you could have a really big issue where the Raiders, they used to play home games in Oakland. Now they play away games at home in Las Vegas. Like it's a possibility, and the worst thing is, is that like let's say let's say you got Baltimore, Baltimore coming to town. You think some of those some of those fans from Baltimore they're not going to go to the stadium, and then the worst thing could possibly happen. That fans recognize, oh my God, like nobody is showing up to these football games. Let's invade the stadium and let's take over. Let's take over. It's easy money. We can get good seats, good tickets. We can tailgate. This is thought. So while everybody is, is is slapping the butts of the NFL, I'm kind of I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit hesitant. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, let, let's let's see where this goes. Can we, please, please? Just saying. All right. Finally, I can't even, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm so tired right now. I can't even remember what I just said like 30 seconds ago. So I'm sorry if some of my thoughts are a little bit broken up. I'm like, what did I just say? 
Can't even recall. Point is, I wouldn't be surprised if other fans took over the stadiums uh, in in the effort in uh, or not in, but because the Oakland Raider fans they got the flick off by the NFL, so now they are burning it all down. They're like, "Fuck that! We aren't taking that bitch anymore." Final story that I got for you today before I talk about the Cowboys. A Bears writer from NBC Sports wrote a stupid article that I'll talk about today. I'm like, stupid article that I'll talk about today. Pretty much saying, well, you can't compare Mitchell Trubisky to Patrick Mahomes. That's not fair. It's not fair that you compare guys that were drafted in the exact same draft class together and one guy that was overrated and taken way more way higher above Patrick Mahomes it's not fair to compare those two guys because one guy is significantly better and you guys drafted a guy that could potentially be a a bust in the next year that's not fair to compare two players that are that have similar times in the league that's not fair at all so what um what what the what the author of the article wrote was, let me kind of just mute this because I'm, I'm, I'm getting a bunch of advertisements and I don't want you to just get ass blasted in the ears, uh, by whatever is going on here with the ads. I can't, I, I don't know what's going on. Anyways, the article headline is Patrick Mahomes admission on the shop doesn't make Mitchell Trubisky look better. And he's not saying that in a negative way. He's saying that in like a positive or not. What's the word I'm looking for? Again, I'm tired. I'm sorry. I've been up all night. Admission doesn't make Mitchell Trubisky look better. And what he's saying is, is that um, I, I like he's saying that positively. Like he's saying like, oh, my God, like like this. This doesn't make I, 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 I don't know. I'm tired. I can't I can't formulate like clear thoughts. I'm on that verge of just like falling asleep while I'm talking. I apologize. Anyways, sorry about that. Um, somebody tweeted this out. Somebody tweeted out Patrick Mahomes talking to people on the shop. Um, it's an it's a minute long clip. I'll play it for you in its entirety. Here is Patrick Mahomes talking about uh, his ability to be able to read defenses. Junior year of high school, that's when I really started playing quarterback. Until now, which is I think six years. I just really. You've only been playing quarterback six years. Well, I started playing my junior year of high school. I was playing safe. I was playing safety a little bit of quarterback. Yeah. So I literally. I didn't didn't understand how to read defenses until like halfway through last year. I understood coverages, but how to be able to pick up little tendencies defenses do, stuff that Brady and them have done, that they they know it it, and they just do it. Second nature. I was just playing. And then this year, I could actually recognize more and more stuff. And I think the more experience and the more I learn, then I'll be able to go out there and call plays and do that different stuff because I've seen it. And I still think there's a, there's a long way for me to go there. And that's where mentally I think I can get better. Physically, I feel like I've I've done a lot of stuff. I always work on the fundamentals and doing that stuff. But I think mentally I can still take my game to a whole nother level. That's where the clip cuts off. Sorry about that. Also, didn't I, I? I didn't listen to the full clip. I just got it just now. Um, that kind of reinforces another thing that I've been preaching and talking about for the last God knows how long on the podcast. Uh, the quarterback is the only position that you can sit 
and have him sit down and have him learn things, uh, and he'll actually get better than almost every other position on the football field. Like, like running backs, you you don't sit them for a year and they learn how to run. It's like they they hit the hole, they hit it hard. That's that's the extent of the position. So what Patrick is talking about, and let me be very very clear, uh, and and they have the actual quote here. I didn't understand how to read defenses until like halfway through last year. I understood how to read coverages, but how to pick up little tendencies defenses do something Brady and them have done. I was just playing. What he meant by that was, and what he meant by I understood how to read coverages, like I think it's like like zone man-to-man, like stuff like that. But he didn't understand like, like like certain things, I think like um, like maybe blitz packages and stuff like that, um, as well. Like I think I think that's kind of the difference. I'm a little bit foggy on that. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit tired. So the writer of this article uses that and to say, well, anybody can win a Super Bowl. What what was what was the quote here? Or Mahomes won the MVP. He puts it in exclamation points. The MVP. While he was just playing in 2018, that's proof you don't need to be a true master of reading defenses to have success as a quarterback. Yes, you do. You need you need to have you need to have the ability to read defenses. Talent comes first, coaching comes second. Look at the Patriots. No, that's not it. I'm like that's 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 why. And I, and I was thinking about this. I'm like that's exactly why the Bears are losers. That is exactly why the Bears haven't won a chance. Like, everybody wants to talk shit about the Cowboys. The Bears haven't won a, a Super Bowl in almost 40 years. Since the since 85, by the way. The Mahomes-Andy Reid pairing then was good enough to produce arguably the greatest season a quarterback has ever had. While said quarterback didn't totally know what, was going, what he was doing yet, that's bullshit because he 1,000% did. He just didn't know what the defense was doing. Uh, but what Mahomes said isn't as surprising as it might seem on first glance, blah, 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 blah. What we saw in 2018 was Mahomes have immediate success, then figure out how to stay successful in 2019, blah, 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 blah. The com- the Bears can continue to bank on Trubisky's developmental timeline being different than the instant gratification provided by Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, but it's an increasingly difficult bet to justify. Or maybe the better thing here is to stop comparing Trubisky to Mahomes. One quarterback threw 50 touchdowns without having enough experience to truly read the defenses in front of him. The other has a precarious foothold on his starting job entering entering excuse me year four in the NFL. Mahomes is on track to be an all-time great. Trubisky has been, at best, been about league average. But we all know that won't happen. So every time something like this happens or Mahomes counts to 10 at Soldier Field, it'll whip up another round of these comparisons, none of which will be favorable to the Bears guys. Oh, that's hard. That's hard. It's fa- it's not favorable to the Bears guy. It's not favorable. You like the, then draft a fucking okay. good quarterback. Let's oh, go. Yep. Really good. Hold on. Yeah, sorry about that. That was um I don't I don't even know what the fuck that was. Like I I get an ad, right? The ad is playing and it just auto plays the fucking content that I don't want it to auto play. I apologize for that. 
I don't know how long it was playing. I wasn't watching. Uh, I wasn't watching OBS for like two seconds, and then it's like I I freaking jump to another page, and then it's like boom, it's playing. I'm like, oh my god, I I fucking hate the NBC fucking web page. I apologize for that. Let's look up Trubisky. It's Trubisky. I always spell his name wrong by accident. It's hard to play quarterback in the NFL. Thank you for stating the obvious. Trubisky. Two to one touchdown to interception ratio was his best year. Uh, let's see. 2017. We won't count that year. Every rookie has a terrible year unless your name is Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Uh, in his second year, he had 3,223 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 95.4 passer rating, 66.6% per, uh, completion percentage. Then this year, he had a, a significant amount of regression. I won't even mention his completion percentage or his yards because they don't matter when you compare it to his passer rating and his touchdown to interception ratio. The 83.0 to uh, the 83.0 passer rating is below average. And the 17 to 10 touchdown interception is significantly below average. It is almost one to one. That is terrible. Can't do that. Can't even, won't even try. Won't fly in the NFL. Won't fly in the major leagues. So, Trubisky has obviously regressed. Obviously. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious. People can't lie anymore and say, well, no, he, he had a second year. He's a second year guy. You can't compare him to Patrick Mahomes. You should have drafted either. I, I said I said it. I said it all the way back in 2017. I was. I don't get it. I do not get the Chargers. Not the Chargers. Excuse me. I'm. 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 Again, my mind is broken right now. I don't get the Bears drafting Mitchell Trubisky whatsoever. I don't get the combine grade. I don't get the pre-draft grade. I don't get how you can evaluate this guy who hadn't had any success at the college level that's even remotely close, not to Patrick Mahomes, but to Deshaun Watson. I don't get it. People are going to compare him to those two guys because in no way, shape, or form can you even remotely close to justify drafting Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson. Now, obviously, what we know, what we know about Patrick Mahomes, I wouldn't have taken. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have taken Patrick Mahomes before Deshaun in that draft. But if I was Chicago and if Deshaun was off the table, oh yeah. Want to know why? Because Patrick Mahomes has a very, very strong arm, and on top of that, you play in Chicago, the Windy City. It's like, how are you going to play up against? How are you going to play against uh, other teams in your division? Oh, and and you play against freaking the uh, the Vikings and the Packers and Detroit indoors. Like you play in a bunch of cold uh, against a bunch of cold cities. It's like it sucks. What are you doing? Did they care? No. In fact, that's a hell no. They hell no did not care. Hail to the no. They didn't care. They're like, we'll take the guy that nobody that that nobody's heard about or nobody even like it, like it was weird because literally in the last week of the draft they were like Metro Trubisky, Metro Trubisky, Metro Trubisky. I'm like, no. 
So Bears, you got what you fucking deserved. A mediocre-ass quarterback. And more importantly, a guy who can't win your damn football games. Hopefully, they get a wide receiver for his ass. Uh, they, they don't have a first-round draft pick. I looked it up today. They have two second-rounders. So there you go. You'll, you'll definitely be able to get a wide receiver. But it's going to be – and a guy will definitely be there, either Denzel Mims or uh, a Justin Jefferson or somebody there who's going to help you guys out a lot is going to be there for Mitchell Trubisky. But will you draft him? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I don't care. It's not on me. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. That's why we can't compare our shitty quarterback to the great quarterback. Oh, Jesus. Moving on to what we really came here to talk about. Dallas Cowboys. We them boys. We them boys. Hold up, hold up, hold up. We bring the noise. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. All right. Uh, I was watching some 105.3 The Fan. It's a radio station in Dallas. Talking about some very, very interesting stuff. Let me try and see if I can't find it. Here we go. Here it is. Talking about Dallas Cowboys and Jason Garrett and all that good stuff. Let me... Let me go ahead and go to the part that I wanted to talk about here. I wanted you to talk about. So, talked about it a little bit earlier on. I'm pretty much going to be throwing Jason Garrett under the bus... I I I I'm too tired to care at this point. I'm like I, I I'm too tired to care at this point what uh, what people think about that. I know he's on his way out, or technically he got fired, and now he's on his now he's the Giants. Just want to you know talk about this because I want people to understand uh, how bad the Cowboys were at play calling uh, because of Jason Garrett. Here is Gavin Dawson, 105.3 The Fam, in Dallas, Texas. Talking about how bad, uh, not how bad, but how Jason Garrett had influence over the team's play calling. Or combination, it was a huge storyline during the regular season. Turned out, truth be told, that as we look back on 2019 and sources told insiders what happened, yes, Jason Garrett did have a very strong influence on the game plan and did make it more conservative. So, isn't that something to get excited about, Cowboys Nation? Yes, I would think so. Uh, is an is an un, unsaddled and unharnessed Kellen Moore working alongside Mike McCarthy, who's done tremendous work with quarterbacks throughout his career, actually going to set up this offense to be so good that maybe it could make up for a little bit of a step back on the defense. You know, assuming Byron Jones, Robert Quinn leaves, and all that, Michael Bennett, those guys leaving. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting the same caliber of talent on defense, but hey, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed. The defense is better, but I I don't know if we can expect that at this time okay and then pause right there um that was something that i was talking about for the majority of the season i just didn't know because i didn't listen to 105.3 the fam uh usually these guys are pretty legitimate when it comes to uh whatever they're talking about because they are in dallas they have a a, a, a pulse i guess or a feeling or a pulse I, I don't know what it's called but they they understand what's going on because they're there they're in Dallas. They're talking to guys in Dallas. They're interviewing Dallas players. They're going to Dallas events, talking to stuff like that. All right. They're there. So, 
talked about it. Jason Garrett had influence on the Cowboys offense. Everybody was like, ah, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Even NFL head coaches, former NFL head coaches, they were like, no, he doesn't. Yes, he did. Obviously, he had uh, he had influence on the game plan. He's the freaking head coach. So what, the head coach doesn't doesn't get to t- tell his guys what to call what plays to call? He 1000% did. So for everybody who was like, "Oh no, Kellen Moore is terrible." He did, I don't know what the hell kind of plays he was calling. Like blaming on Jason Garrett because he 1000% had more influence. It's like how, like like how are you not going to have influence when your contract is up that year and you're in danger of being fired? It's like of course you're going to have influence. Of course you're going to tell guys what to do. You want to do things your way. We did things his way, and we lost because of that. Continuing forward. Here we go. Under Linehan, it was 80% of the time under center. Cowboys ran 80% of the time in shotgun passing. Unbelievable that that went on for so long. While the uh, NFL analytics, the play-calling analytics revolution was taking off and exploding, and people are saying, like, wow, there's an optimal balance here for run pass. The Cowboys are like, yeah, whatever. Let's go to shotgun. Who cares that the other team knows we're about to pass? It's all about execution, baby. And, hey, that 20% of the time, we might even get them. What he is essentially saying is – So some people, they always, some people, they cringe whenever they hear analytics. The thing that he's saying about the analytics of the Dallas Cowboys throwing it at specific times in the shotgun and things of that nature is whenever Dallas lined up in the shotgun, especially last year, and this is when, this, this was when disaster struck, when the coaching staff was so terrible that, that like, like they, 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 I mean, what, what essentially the coaching staff had built over the last five years, which was a terrible foundation offensively and defensively, had kind of come home to roost in 2019. So what would happen on first down for some of the drives, not maybe not every single drive, but some of the drives, what happened was they would run it on first down. Defense would know, okay, they're going to run it on first down. So then they would get into the shotgun. Defense would know, oh, okay, they're in the shotgun. Let's play deep. What would happen is Dallas's wide receivers, for some weird reason, would run like twenty-yard routes, and like like the coverage was there, they would stop it, and Dak would have to roll to his right, roll to his left, roll out somewhere, try and run for a first down. It would be like second and ten, and it's like, well, they know your plays, they know how to stop it, because they understand when you're in this formation, you like to run these types of plays. That's what he's getting at. Let's hear how Kellen Moore changed up the game last year. They did have some big runs out of shotgun and, you know, some big passes out of uh, out of uh, uh, under center. But those those are those are coming. You're you're leaving about 20 to 25 percent out of optimal. You got to keep the defense guessing in today's NFL. They're too good. You have to add the extra layers of confusion. And while it might be a little bit of extra work to track it, while there might be a little bit of an extra confusion possibility when you got the jet sweep coming through and the RPO going out. You know, it, it might be a little bit more difficult to execute. Sorry, you're actually going to coach your players on how to execute these things and not screw it up. The best teams welcome to those challenges. The scared teams, the conservative teams, the teams that thought you won football with tried and true principles, not by being adaptable and flexible, that, you know, essentially describing Jason Garrett, those teams didn't get an edge. So what, what happened last year uh, with Kellen Moore? 
and 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 the Cowboy. We got one year under Kellen Moore and Jason Garrett. As as compared to the eighty percent flip flops with Jason Garrett, Moore used the shotgun just over sixty one percent of the Cowboys' first half plays. He called a passing play. 75.7% of it. So for Kellen Moore, while we're trying to get ourselves around 55, 45, maybe 60, 40, 65, 35, but definitely away from 80, 20, Kellen Moore bought us 4.3% off of what we'll call rock bottom with the Linehan and Garrett combination. 75% of first half plays uh, under the shotgun were passes. The Cowboys ran the ball on 67.7% of the first half plays that Prescott was under center. 149 out of the 220. So he did end up buying us 12.3% towards optimal, but not quite there. I think he'd probably, uh, you know, be wanting to be very close or again at most 65.35 with. All right, I'm going to stop it right there because I'm not going to lie to you. It's starting to get mumbo jumbo ish where it's just like just beating me over the head with analytics. Uh, TLDR. Kellen Moore was a little bit more efficient as the uh, as the offensive coordinator uh, when it maybe not efficient, but he was a little bit more diverse in his play calling than Scott Linehan uh, when he was the offensive coordinator, and he still is, but not by like a long shot. Not it wasn't necessarily optimal, but it was there. It was there. The improvement was there. The play calling was there. It was there. The issue was Jason Garrett. The issue has always been Jason Garrett. The issue will continue to be Jason Garrett for New York. And I kind of have this theory on this because the Maras, they like him. The Joneses, they like him. The media, they like him. kind of have this theory on this. A lot of people like him. Would it or would it not make sense if you fired your head coach and you moved on to another guy that he would that he would have a couple of years ingrained in your system and you would be able to win with him. You would be able to have him as your head coach. Wouldn't that make a whole lot of sense, right? Wouldn't it make a whole lot of sense if Joe Judge sucks, you get Jason Garrett, and you have him be your head coach? I mean, it's happened for it's happened before with Dallas. It may happen again with New York, and if it does, I hope it does. Because man, oh man, I love me some Jason Garrett now that he's not on the Dallas Cowboys and on the New York Giants. Is that it? Is that all I got for you today? No, I don't. I have XFL stuff. Uh, I'm going to have one podcast this weekend. Tech, I'm technically going to have two t- podcasts. I'm going to kind of like, I'm still kind of weirdly enough. It's like, like even, even though I did everything I needed to do last weekend. And even though like the, the combine and stuff like that is over with. And I feel like my workload is like significantly lessened. Like, I did have a podcast pretty much almost every single day for an entire week last week. And I will have another one coming up today. Um, what I'm thinking of doing, cause I got some work to do and I'm going to do some more work and stuff like that is, uh, I'm going to take tomorrow off and I'm going to cast PJ playing up against a scrub team. Who are, who are they playing up against? They're playing up against Seattle. They, they are, they are terrible. Seattle is terrible. 
But I will be watching close. I will be watching Houston. Not Houston. I'll be casting Houston versus Seattle. And it's coming up in about uh, nine hours, I think. Something like that. It's coming up here very, very quickly. Um, I'll talk about New York versus Dallas, uh, St. Louis, and uh, versus D.C. and Tampa Bay versus L.A. Coming up on the next podcast and um, on the couple of podcasts. I'll be taking the next... I'll be taking tomorrow off just because I'm tired. I'm tired. I need, like... I take breaks, and I think I need to take one tomorrow. So I'll take a break here. But ladies and gentlemen... Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you. Turn the music down. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like the podcast, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you can find 24's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Until my next podcast feel like I'm saying the word podcast a lot. But until then, to my next podcast, hope you have a fantastic day. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.